Awesome, awesome, awesome. Brother, well, it is so good to have my friend. Well, I'm blessed to call you friend, honestly. Fate kind of just hooked us up, believe it or not. But I am so privileged to have with us tonight Michael Rowan of Michael Rowan Ministries. I'm going to share just a little bit here to uh, kind of set the stage, but I do want to pray first. So, um, Father, we just thank you for kingdom, Lord, for kingdom relationships, for kingdom connections, Lord, for what you're doing in the body all across the world. Lord, it's not just an America thing, it is a worldwide thing. And so we just give you glory and we give you honor. Lord, we ask you to just bless this time. Lord, we ask Holy Spirit to be a part of this season and this session. And Lord, that you would just encourage people that listen either now or later. Father, you would just engage with them and they'd be radically marked and lit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> All right, so I'll do the formal introduction, then we'll just kind of chat and see how it goes. But this is former staff evangelist of Brownsville Revival, the assistant pastor, former assistant pastor of Covenant Church in Dallas, Texas, the founder and former pastor of the Gathering Place in Fort Worth, Texas, and of course, the founder and full-time evangelist and minister of Michael Rowan Ministries. So we welcome you to this newly awakened Facebook Live, Michael. Um, I had a flashback earlier, and it was when you were singing oh. the Star Spangled Banner at a Duke National Championship basketball game. At a garden. Yes, sir. I remember. <laughs> that was awesome. 50 pounds lighter. 50 pounds? Well, what? You didn't have the big guns then? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, people sent me money and told me to go get something to eat. <laughs> you were thin, but I think your hair was as tall as your hat is now. <laughs> and that's why I went to hats. The hair said, see you later. Hey, I'm feeling that pain right now. <laughs> No problem. Let me make sure this is showing up live on Newly Awakened real quick. I just want to make sure. As long as I can see it there, then I can see if people are chatting. So we kind of know what's going on. And I will mute it over here on this other side. Perfect. All right. Awesome, awesome. Good deal. So, uh, the last memory I have... And that, this is, well, I do remember the day you were, you were an evangelist speaking at a church in Ohio. You had this really tight suit on. I love your clothes, by the way, so this is in no way a negative to your clothing. I, I'm like totally down. But I wanted to play a prank on Michael, so I walked up behind him. He couldn't see me. Service is getting ready to start. And I'm like, who is this joker in this suit? Who do they think that they are? And I can see you kind of look to your look. You was trying to see if you could peer and see who it was behind you. And then you finally turn around and man just gave me a big, huge hug. And we was just there to support you and what you was doing. So blessed to join you while you was in the in the local area at the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So tell us a little bit about Michael Rowan. How... Like, what's your conversion story? All right. Were you always a perfect church kid? Yeah. <laughs> Audio again. Uh, audio's on, I believe. There you go. Now it's in again. It's so weird. Okay. Every now and then, let me. Will do. All right. Kid, the worst. A's are the worst. Hear me? Yeah, something is the worst. Yeah, I said pastor's kid, PKs. Oh, God, yeah, true story. PKs are the worst. So, uh, born in Atlanta, Georgia. Grew up my entire life in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And, uh, basically, Bible college. And, uh, but, uh, when I was about 11 years old, became sexually promiscuous, drugs, alcohol, pornography, breaking into cars, breaking into homes. I was living a very fast paced life of sin. 
uh, and debauchery, just running from the Lord. Um, but no matter how fast you run, you can't run faster than God. That's right. I, I didn't give my life to the Lord. It wasn't a, uh, it wasn't an altar call. It wasn't a church service. I didn't respond down to an altar. I came back to Jesus, uh, puddle of my vomit. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I literally was at a party and had way much alcohol to drink and ended up choking on my own vomit, passing out Woke up in the middle of the night, basically, or early in the next morning. And God, there's got to be more to life than this. So uh, I told the Lord right there, I said, if you take me back, I'm ugly. I'm disgusting. I know I'm unworthy. I don't deserve it. I'll give you everything that I am. And right there, covered in the vomit of my sin, he washed and purified my life. And I went back to Bible college and I told him, I said, I'll spend the rest of my life telling others about you. And that was a long, long time ago. I've zigzagged the world uh, for 35 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So um, I'm almost 54 and I've been to 48 out of 50 U.S. states, six out of seven continents. Uh, I've been all over the world, everywhere but Antarctica, Alaska, and Vermont. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Other than that, Vermont and Alaska evidently just have not heard me preach yet. And Antarctica, that's not too good. I joke with my friends. I say, one day I want to go over there and have a Bible study with the penguins. <laughs> just to say I've been at every continent. But we have seen God do some amazing things. Uh, and, uh, I marriage put back together people delivered healed filled with the holy ghost people throwing drugs all over the altar breaking through bondages it's just amazing to see what's god what he's doing in 2022 amen so how did covid impact your ministry oh bro i mean as an evangelist that's got to be rough oh bro uh 2020 was rough on everybody but type of ministry. And so, um, I was in Jamaica, actually on a vacation. And uh, my wife and I flew home. And then I think it was about a day later, the whole world shut down. They shut down all the travel. Matter of fact, people that we knew uh, there in Jamaica were stuck there for several weeks. Wow. And uh, I looked over at my wife and I said, we better thank God we got home yesterday. And then, bro, my phone just ran, 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 one after the next, after the next. Pastors all over the U.S. Sorry, Michael. Sorry. Got to cancel. Got to cancel. Got to cancel. I went to a panic, bro. Right. <laughs> I sold a car. I sold a property I had. I, I mean, I did everything that I could to keep the ministry alive. You know, I'm an evangelist. If I have a weekend off, it's not good. If I have two weekends off, it's devastating. Uh, about 21 weeks in a row, almost half a year, where we didn't get on a plane. We didn't jump in a car. We didn't travel. Uh, I think the first service I did was an outside, you know, churches were having those parking lot services. And I had one of those. And uh, it was around uh, the end of the summer. Things started kind of turning around started getting back out there again, but churches weren't firing on all four cylinders yet. Uh, still quite a bit of internet crowd. It was 2021 in the spring. Uh, actually 2021, I was booked the entire year. This year we've been booked the entire year. So it's all turned around now. But now the thing that's troubling to me is that some people still aren't coming back. I'm sure you've heard the statistics. They say some people, they're saying up to 27% may never go back to church again. Wow. And dude, I'm sorry, but I'm a little tired of this coffee and slippers gospel. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I'm thankful for the internet. We're on here right now. It's a powerful tool. But Phil Muncy said something to me that I thought was pretty profound. He said, Michael, what was supposed to be a supplement has become a replacement. Come on. And bro, I'm old school. Nothing can replace being in the house of God. Nothing. Right. I've had people come to me and say, well, I don't have to go to church to be married. Uh, or I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And I was like, well, you don't have to go home to be married. <laughs> <laughs> True. But I bet you, 
but I bet you if you stay away from your house long enough, your relationship with your spouse is going to be highly impacted. And so if you use that example, God intended us to go to church. And I think, you know, if you're sick or if you've got the vid, you know, or you're quarantined, you know, things happen here and there if you want to use that. But it shouldn't replace being in the house of God with your brothers and sisters, you know. And that's why you'll never see virtual restaurants. (laughs) (laughs) You want to know why? Because people need real food. Yeah. And so we provide something in the house of God that people can't get sitting on the couch. Right. Forsake not to gathering together of yourselves. I get it. There's power. There's such a power in corporate everything. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like, you have those big call events or, you know, where Lou Engel goes out, gets a stadium and just fills it. And there's so much power in the corporate, but how much more important is it to have that corporate authority as the ecclesia in your home church? Absolutely. Uh, when you think about it, I mean, uh, they didn't have any problem going out to eat. <laughs> <laughs> right. They didn't have any problem going to Walmart or Target or the grocery store or wherever. People do what they want to do. Right. And I think this pandemic or the fake-demic, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> um, I think it said a lot about the church and a lot of it wasn't good. Uh, I think we found out who had a foundation and who didn't. I think we found out that we don't have to have all these things around us to stimulate us. What if there wasn't a worship team? What if there wasn't digital screens? What if you didn't have a sanctuary? There for a long time, people had to realize, man, my relationship with Christ is paramount when you couldn't go to church. What if you didn't have all those things around you? I mean, I'm sure you've seen those memes on social media where people are overseas and they walk three miles and they're standing knee deep in mud and water Yes. You know, a little bud having church, you know, what, what if we didn't have the lights? What if we didn't have, uh, you know, the fancy LED screens? What if we didn't have the smoke machines? What if we didn't have the project? Would just the presence of God be enough to have us come and gather together? And for me, that's a big oh. fact. And I like all that stuff, man. You know, I traveled for years, man. I had looked like a WWE SmackDown. <laughs> I, I had to trust the lighting. I had the pyrotechnics and the stage exploding and all that, but those are just tools, you know. Right. right. I want to see a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost move of God, you know. Amen. Amen. I was seeing some pictures of um, during the Easter season where he's doing the whip. One yeah. Illustrated messages loaded, packed out altar. I mean. That stuff is great tools because, I mean, we are emotional beings for sure. But like it, it's like when Passion of the Christ came out, people got the revelation of what actually he went. And that's only a piece of what he actually did for us. I mean, you're wrecked. And people's like, I can't watch that. Why? Because it's so hard. Well, he, it doesn't mean he didn't do it. And that doesn't even touch the surface. So, yeah. Well, when you're, uh, when you're drenched in blood and you're, <laughs> you're reacting a scourging uh, of the of the of the lord and then you're given that altar call covered in blood <laughs> you know it's pretty vivid um I had a lady come up to me after the service and say i was offended which of course i was like well here we go 2022 um you know i was offended and i just looked at her and i said you know what it was offensive it was very offensive but you know we're just in a culture man it's just different you know they got to take the Indian lady off the butter. They got to take uh, rename sports teams. Got to take on. off the rice. It's like, come on, folks. I don't got one Indian friend that cared if they were called the Washington Redskins. <laughs> oh, right, right. And I'm like, where do where does it end? You know, what about the Minnesota Vikings? You know, didn't they rave and pillage? <laughs> what about what about oh, the Cleveland? What about the Pittsburgh Pirates? Where does it end? I mean, we got to call a potato head. Can't even call him Mister anymore. We got to have a gender neutral potato. It's a potato, <laughs> right? Right. Boy, potato. Uh, now Eskimo pies is saying that they're going to cancel. I've heard that. Can't call it an Eskimo pie. It's offensive to Indigenous people. Then you got the Sleeping Beauty and Walt Disney's being canceled. I don't know if you heard about that one. No. Canceled. She didn't give the prince consent to kiss her. 
Oh my gosh. Bro, we're just at a day and age where, you know, you got to beg people to come to church. Sunday nights are gone. Wednesday nights are becoming extinct. Preachers are tickling believers' ears lest they lose people. We got to stand up and preach the gospel. Bro, I went, I went to church all the time. All the time. Now, you're, they're begging people to come out once a week. Dude, I was in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night prayer meeting, Wednesday night youth. I don't care if a little old lady's having a tea party on Friday night. I had to be there. Right. You know, and uh, that's when church was different. We didn't have no child care. I didn't have Bible man. I didn't have computer animated vegetables telling me about Jesus. <laughs> I didn't have broccoli telling me about the Holy Ghost and carrots telling me not to lie and cucumber and a tomato telling me to honor my parents. We had the flannel board. Come on, somebody. Come on. <laughs> Come on. And the puppets. Woo-hoo. We had the puppets. We had the flannel board and they had paper people and they'd stick them up there and float. And we were like, ooh, that was like high tech. No, man. When I went to church, you sat in church with your mama. Right. And, and they had a Holy Ghost service. If you didn't have the Holy Ghost, about 18 people would leave the altar and come drag you down to the altar till you got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> right. I fell asleep under more pews. We didn't have that. We didn't have them comfortable seats. We had them old hard wooden pews, man. I remember church went like 27 hours. <laughs> and it's just a different day. We need to get back to the basics, man. Um, you know, there's just so much fluff and surface in our culture today. We need a move of God. Dude, I heard my whole life, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. But you know what? Stuff had to happen. Prophecies had to be fulfilled. All these things. Dude, it's there. We're there. And we are there. He's coming soon, sooner than later. And someone asked me, they said, hey, Pastor, do you think we're living in the last days? I said, I don't know, but we're in the previews. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I like to go to the movies about 20 minutes early. My wife's always like, why are we here so early? I want to see the previews before the movie. Sometimes the previews are better because they call the best stuff. But I don't know if we're in movie but the previews are rolling and i think you would have to be and i i don't use this word flippantly brian i think you'd have to be a fool not to serve god in 2022 you you right. the only thing i can think of you have to be outside your mind not to be living for the agree totally totally so i mean that that's like a great intro to uh, That's Right, I Said It movement that's kind of um, surrounded itself it around you. <laughs> uh, that's Right, I Said It's an interesting thing. And by the way, how's the audio been? Good? It's been great, yes. All right, because I'm holding the phone for I some know, reason. It's or painful, but at least you're working them big guns out. <laughs> <laughs> the audio's better. But um, it was about three or four years ago, maybe. And, dude, I've always been one of those. I'll just say it. I don't care. I have no filter. I do not pat people on the bottom. That's just not me. Uh, I go to churches. I preach the gospel. I tell them the truth. I get invited back. Some churches I don't. But at least I can stand before God and say, God, I told him the truth. Right. Uh, so several years ago, I was at a conference, and I was just sitting there with some ministers and they were all just jibber jabbing around. It was some hot topic, you know, right now, obviously everybody's sensitive about Roe v. Wade and pride month and all this stuff. Can't even remember what it was back then, but it was something everybody was talking about. And all of them were just given these watered down <laughs> vanilla responses. And dude, I just literally said, well, you know, blah 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 and i just laid down they were like whoa and i looked at all of them i went that's right i said it <laughs> and and christy movement was born <laughs> so now every day whether it be instagram facebook i typically put up a that's right i said it and basically it's it's always um it's something motivating and encouraging and it's ministry but it's always a very thought-provoking push the envelope Right. Uh, that's right. I said it is basically, there's a lot of us that think it, but very few people have the guts to say it. And I just, so that's it's awesome. so popular that pastors around the country call me and go, bro, 
I'm not going to put it on my Facebook. I can't put it on my Facebook, but I live vicariously through you. And I'm like, no, you do it. Just own it, baby. Just say it. But again, that's half our problem. I have pastors that tell me, and I literally can't wait every day till you put up a Trissy because they're always so hardcore in your face, but they're true. Well, if it's true, why can't anyone say it? Come on. Truth. That's truth right there. Yeah, but you know, we're just, we're living in a culture where I just think wisdom and logic and common sense have all taken a back seat lest we offend people that are about stupid anyway. If I can't say it, there used to be a day where, man, if you and I disagreed and we're friends, we've known each other for years. If you disagree and I disagree with you, we can agree to be disagreeable. Right. We can move on, you know, but we still love one another. I know you love Jesus. I love Jesus. Maybe we have different opinions, but we move on and we're still friends. Nowadays, people are leaving churches and blocking people and literally, (laughs) you know, integrating friendships and relationships simply because somebody's not telling them what they want to hear. Right. Come on. Sorry, I live my life for an audience of one and that's Jesus Christ. He's the only person I have to please. If some of them thing move on down the road. That's right. I said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I love it though, man. Honestly, I feel like, I feel like that's where we are in society and in culture. We've got to have that mentality and that aggressiveness. It's like, right. yeah, love people. I know we know the Bible says you'll know them by your love. Right. So, yes, we got to love people. That that doesn't mean to sugarcoat and bury them in stuff that's going to put them in bondage. You know what I mean? We got to be truthful at the same time. So I totally. He just offended people everywhere he went. Yeah. So I feel like I'm in pretty good company. <laughs> I have to if I have to pretend to be something or someone that I'm not, then I have I, I live a life that's just fake. It's hypocrisy. And I don't want to do that. I you know, so you find out real quickly in your life if you're going to stand up for righteousness and holiness and the truth, you are most likely going to be in the minority. And so the Bible said we're a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. Here's the deal. If you're a Christian, you're weird. <laughs> what I mean by that is weird to this world. Right. Peculiar. We're weird to this world. They don't understand. They don't understand why we don't have sex until we're married. They don't understand why we want to tithe and give first fruits and the 10% of our income. They don't understand why we want to go to church. They don't understand, you know, the things that, that you know, that are foolish to the world. You know, it's, it's foolishness to them. But if here's the problem with most Christians. They want to love Jesus and not be weird. Yeah, and I think being a Christian and being weird are almost the same thing. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, if I'm a Christian, I'm going to have many, many facets of my life that go completely against the grain of our culture. And so I think there should be something in our lives that just stands out. Acts 4.13 says, and when they saw them, they knew they'd been with Jesus. The disciples had so much Jesus in their life. They didn't have to say anything. People looked at them and said, they've been with the Lord. There's something different about them. If, If you don't radically stand out from amongst this culture, I question your faith. And maybe that's strong for some people, but again, that's right. I said it. If, if you <laughs> blend in, something isn't right because if you're really, really eating, sleeping, breathing, drinking Jesus, if you're filled with the Holy ghost, if you're praying, if you're talking to God, if you're in the word, you're going to be radically different from most people in 2022. And so if you're watching tonight, you need to make a decision. Do you want to blend in or do you want to stand out? It's as simple as that. Come on. That's right. He didn't make chameleons. It's all individual and unique in our own way. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Man, that's so, that brings me, because you're talking about 
not having to be in the way that the world is, right? Being right. just who Jesus said. So I remember a youth leaders conference in Atlanta, Georgia for Jeannie Mayo. And I took one of my um, student leaders with me. And we went to this, went to this one session. This dude comes in and he definitely wasn't looking like the world. He looked way different, way radical, hair standing straight up, had this little flip watch. Checking his time, <laughs> put that watch back down. Flip watch, wow! I actually went and bought a pair of sunglasses to mirror <laughs> that same look because it was so radical. I actually have them in the other room. I almost went. And got That's them crazy, them. man. Um, I, I you know what? We left that service, that session, radically imprinted with the fingerprints of Jesus. Wow! Thank Just. You radical, radical transformation and radical fire, just like fire breathing on fire. It's so amazing. And I love that you get out of the box and you just do, just, that's right, I said it, whatever it is. And it's like, I love following the little new new slogans because it's just in your grill gospel. It's it really the things is. that people are afraid to say. Even the one today that I put up said, a lot of y'all keep throwing shade on Judas for betraying Jesus for 30 pieces of silver when y'all do it every day for free. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's true. <laughs> That's a perfect. And there are preachers in America that wouldn't say that. Right. There are preachers in America that just wouldn't say that. And I'm not saying that you have to offend people all the time in order to be radical for Jesus. Um, I think you can have an incredible move of God, not be weird. I call it Holy Ghost with a seatbelt. And what I mean by that, I think that you can be full of the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost and not necessarily always be offensive. Uh, when I grew up, I grew up, people would say I grew up Pentecostal. I grew up, I grew up Pentecostal. <laughs> what I mean by that is it was like snot blowing, hanky throwing, pulpit pounding, shaking, frothing like a leaf with the wind, rolling around the ground. When people pray for you, they slap you on the head, you know, and uh, I think that we have moved so far away from that. And there are pastors nowadays that are just seeker sensitive. They don't even give altar calls. And I'm not saying that you can't present the gospel and do all those things, but I don't know. I'd almost rather go back to some of those days, man. I'd rather go back right. to some of those days where we just allowed God to move. What we've done is we've taken things from the corporate world and we've tried to uh, put them into the ministry world. Now churches are all changing their name. You know, it used to be Evangel and Calvary and, uh, you know, Trinity. Now it's like connection and the bridge and, <laughs> you know. Right, right. Element and something, something, community and the assembly, you know, and we clean logos and all this stuff. And again, nothing's wrong with those things. But I would ask some pastors, are you trying to be so business and corporate and seeker? Are you allowing the move of God? Can you explain everything that happens in your church? Because I want there to be some things that happen that can't be explained. And our, I don't want our churches to become a sociological phenomena that can be explained. I want there to be some things that can't be explained. I want somebody to come up to me after the service and go, why was he shaking? Why was she laughing? Why did he fall out? Why was that guy running around? Why was that guy trembling? Why was that lady crying? I want to have to go, I have no idea, man. That was a God thing. you know. But we've become so streamline in our ministries that we have to explain everything. No, I believe if God moves so mightily, there's going to be some things that just can't be explained. You just have to say that was God. Absolutely. And it won't be stuff that anybody has to do. He'll just do it and it'll manifest. And that's the way it is. Yeah. Um, being an evangelist out there in the field, what is, what do you see with deliverance in the church? Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, we're seeing, like I said, we're seeing people just a few weeks ago, man, I was in a conference and man, they were casting out devils. And I mean, people were manifesting. This lady started talking and it was not her voice, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, uh, but again, 
we gravitate to certain parts of the fivefold ministry. You know, you got your pastors, your apostles, your prophets, your teachers, your evangelists. We ain't got any problem with pastors. We ain't got any problem with evangelists, mostly. Got any problem with teachers. They're cool with teachers. But when you get to the uh, the apostles and especially the prophets, the prophetic, it gets a little bit into a realm where people are nervous. And I think the prophetic ministry has been so abused. You know, there's a lot of what I call trail mixers out there, you know, fruits, flakes, nuts. (laughs) Called the ministry. But, uh, you know, people come up to me all the time, you know, Pastor Michael, I, I had a dream. And there was a tree in it, had 4,000 eyeballs on it. What does that mean? And I'm like, it means you had too much pizza when you went to bed. (laughs) God is using the prophetic. He's using the apostolic. But, you know, we just have to be careful. We have to discern. Discern. Uh, It has to to bear good fruit. You know, uh, I put up a that's right. I said it in uh, 2021. (laughs) I put... You know, or it might have even been in the latter part of 2020. I put, you know, with all these prophetic conferences in 2019 that took place, you think some of them would have gave us a heads up about the next year. <laughs> right. Right. About the How many prophetic conferences were there and not one person said next year is going to be a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And you know what the prophetic is? Like my wife is very prophetic, too. And so. I definitely understand, but there's a lot, there's a lot of price to pay for the ones that are legit for sure. But you know what? It's just like everything else. It got to be, it's all about Jesus. Yeah. If it's not, we're supposed to just be a foreshadowing of him. It's true. To be a help and a love to people. And it's like, there's so many people lost. Um, what do you think in your travels just gauging atmosphere in different different hot spots around around the U.S. What do you think some of the hot things that are people just stuck in right now as a result of the scamdemic and, and everything else going on? Um, I think, you know, we saw people choosing fear over faith. You know, you saw people posting that everywhere. You know, um, I saw a meme that I about passed out from laughing. It was a congregation of people with masks on that had their hands up and it said singing, I'm no longer a slave to fear. (laughs) And the whole congregation had on masks. Um, I I think that there's just, there's got to be a point in our lives where do we believe this thing is real or not? Do we believe that he's got us in the palm of his hand? Do we believe that he's ordering our steps? Do we believe that he's the healer? Do we believe that he's, uh, that he can do all things, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us? Do we believe that we can walk in power and authority and anointing and victory? Do we believe those things? I don't know, because man, when 2020 hit us in March, how easily we just complied, how easily we just laid down and rolled over on our back like a turtle on a shell. Hey, do this. Okay. Hey, do this. Okay. Now the next thing, do this. Okay, we'll do that. It's like, wait, we've got to stand up and go, enough is enough. And uh, and so uh, I think we finally saw some ministries around the country get a backbone. Uh, but even now, there are still some churches out there that are still, man, you know, still closed down. I talked to a guy a few days ago. He's like, well, you know, I'm still preaching to a camera. And I was like, bro. It's been two plus years. Yeah, but you know what? I'm not wearing out my volunteers. I'm not wearing out my leaders and our finances are good. So just because the money was good, he had no problem just sitting there preaching to a camera. And I'm sorry, that's not the church. I don't think that's in any way, shape or form what Jesus intended the church to look like. Now, do we have to take our faith and what's real in our lives outside the four walls of the church? Yes, but we, we cannot. We cannot allow uh, the culture to dictate uh, what we are trying to do to advance the kingdom. We just can't. And um, for many, many years, there was no price to pay, Brian. There just really wasn't. Uh, You know, back in the Jesus movement, like, you know, in the 70s, you know, Jesus was cool and 
there was the hippies and everybody was loving Jesus. Everybody loved Jesus. Jesus love. Then there for a little while, uh, it got, uh, it got kind of dicey to be a Christian. But honestly, if you really think about it for the last several years, uh, up until recently, it was cool to be a Christian. It was cool to be a believer. Yeah. Hey, are you a Christian? Yeah. I go to church. I love God. They're like, Oh, cool, man. That's cool. I believe a day is coming where we will be persecuted for being believers. Uh, I believe a day is coming where it will not be as easy to be a believer and stand up for your faith. I believe a day is coming uh, where you'll have to pay a price for being a believer. Uh, I believe there, uh, you know, I've got some friends that said, you know, if they ever mess around and do this again, I'm not shutting down, you know, uh, well, would you be willing to go to jail for the Lord? You know, would you be willing to be persecuted for the Lord? The Bible says, you know, uh, that there'll be a price to pay. And so, but to answer your question, I do see a remnant that's rising up. And there's always been a remnant. No matter where you go and throughout history of mankind, there's always been a remnant of people that stayed strong to the faith and did not submit to this culture. And I believe uh, more and more we're starting to see a hunger and a, and a, a fervent passion to see God move in these last days. And it's going to take believers like that, uh, that will not bow down to this world. I mean, look at what just happened with Roe v. Wade, man. I mean, you got to understand that's huge. That was my whole life. 50 years. I was three years old, man, when they passed that. And here we are a half a century later. Uh, and that's overturned and, you know, and, uh, even that, you saw people, boy, you want to see how evil people can get. And people go, why are people going so crazy? Because all of hell and every demon in hell is mad from that. And so even on my social media, I see even people in the body of Christ that are freaking out over that decision. So we're going to find out real quickly, you know, who are the true you know, believers that are filled with the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost and who are ones that just say they're Christians, but, you know, don't really, really live it out. So that's just one of many. I've, I saw that they're just now passing, uh, you know, um, uh, there was a coach that uh, was fired from school for praying, you know, and that got overturned. So we're seeing more and more victories um, for those who, uh, you know, not only are for life, but are for Christ Jesus. So uh, I think I think God's going to throw it out one more time. Just in, in a single thought, I think God's going to do it one more time before he comes back. I think he's going to I think he's going to throw out the, the lifeline one more time before he comes back. And I pray there's one more great, great revival, one more great move of God uh, and to give people a chance. Yeah, because this culture is a wreck. It is absolutely a train wreck. I'll tell you what, we got a lot of viewers that are from outside of the United States. Okay. Also. So they'll probably get this. They're probably, it's probably middle of the night for them <laughs> right now. But I want you on that, on that feeling that you were just at, I want you to just pray for those who are hungry, maybe just for an awakening. Of, of being dimmed down or dulled down, that they would just burn like a flare. And, and for those that are lost and searching. Yeah. Father God, we come before you right now in the matchless name of Jesus. And Father, before we bring our, our, our needs, our requests, our petitions to you, first of all, Father, we just want to praise you. And we want to exalt you. And we want to say what a mighty God you are. Father, I thank you right now that you are moving in our midst Father, uh, none of these things in our culture have taken you by surprise. Uh, you knew that this was going to happen, Father. And I just thank you that even in the midst of these last days, you are moving mightily. You're a glorious, mighty God. We worship you. We give you praise. You're Alpha, Omega, beginning and the end. Lily of the Valley, sweet rose of cheer and triumph, the line of Judah. Jesus, you are alive and well and moving in our midst. But Father, we come before you right now. And we ask for all those watching, Father, not only here in the U.S., but even all overseas and in different countries. Father, would you allow your presence to 
sweep across our nation and around the world. Father, for those that need, for those that are hurting, Father, for those that are struggling, Father, for those that are in situations that we can't even begin to imagine, Father, let your glory rise up, your anointing fall fresh upon each and every person uh, around this globe. Father, for those who may be searching, Father, for those right now who may not know who you are, Father, for those who need to know who you are, would you reveal yourself some way, somehow, reveal yourself to them. Father, I pray for the depressed. I pray for those who are lacking peace. I pray for those, Father, that are dealing with fear or frustration. Father, for those that are uh, battling insecurity. Father, for those who are sick. Father, for those who need you. There's someone out there right now, Father, that is going through a divorce. There's someone out there right now battling, Father, their sexual orientation. There's somebody out there that's depressed or perhaps contemplating suicide. Lord, we could go on and on. There are people out there that are battling drugs and alcohol, Father, battling pornography. Father, for those out there that are homeless, for those out there that are bankrupt, Lord, we could go on and on and on. There is a lost and dying world that is hurting. Lord, some way, somehow, reveal yourself to them. Let them know who you are. Father, before you come back one more time, Will you one more time let there be a great awakening around the globe? Father, may this lost and dying and hurting world turn towards you. And Father, we will give you praise. We'll thank you in advance for all that you're going to do. Father, may you be lifted up. May you be magnified. May this world, Father, around the globe, may this world look up to know that there is hope. There is hope in your son, Christ Jesus, Father, and not just to believe in you, but to confess. The book of Romans says it's with your heart that you believe, but it's with your mouth that you confessed and are saved. So, Father, if anyone's out there tonight watching this tomorrow, whenever they watch this rebroadcast, Father, may they confess with their mouth that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, that he can wash away their sin that he could come into their life, consume them with his presence, and may they live for him. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen, amen. Father, we just, we lift up the body, Lord, that have maybe softened in their stance of just being solidified on the gospel message. Lord, with everything going off the scamdemic and, and everything trying to shut down and, and limit the ability and outreach of church. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name you would stir up a fire from the deep innermost spirit within them. Lord, just allow your spirit to roar through them. Father, I say that the church will come forth as a victorious bride, Lord, spotless, pure, righteous in your in your name for your honor lord i just pray in jesus name that you would just breathe even now fresh life into those watching and listening father that are Hallelujah. just feel weak and feel like they're being pushed down lord i say in jesus name let the remnant rise up lord let it let the body lock arms let the denominational walls fall and Lord, let the body come together as one and begin to congregate and move, even as the church in the book of Acts, Father, that they would gather and roam place to place to place together as an assembly and begin to rule and govern their area and their regions. Father, we thank you for your spirit, Father, that it is still here. You have not come back and taken your spirit out, Lord, but you gave your spirit to us that yeah. we could stand and be strong. Yes. So, Lord, like a pillar, let us burn like a fire, Lord, that people would drive for miles to see the fire, that it would impact their lives and radically transform and change who they are. Lord, line up their DNA spiritually, they'd be lined up with your word, that they would know you are it, the I am, the beginning and the end, the line of the tribe of Judah. Father, we thank you for your power. We thank you for touching your body, for reviving your body for restoring righteousness to your body in Jesus name in Jesus name amen hallelujah amen wow. hallelujah man I um there's been a lot of cool things that you have done and I'm I'm just going to share a part of my heart of what Michael Rohn has done to me 
as a young youth pastor. That Atlanta, Georgia National Youth Leaders Convention with Jeannie Mayo that you were at, a part of radically shifted. I took one of your ideas on how to fundraise to help support a youth ministry and did youth ministry for four years off of one idea that you shared on how to raise money. One. Wow. For four years. We ended up going, I think we did 54 shows well, our band, we'd go out with the band and drama team. We did 54 events outside the church in that one year. Outside the walls. It is unbelievable. Um, just so impacted. So there's so many little things that you have done. <laughs> you don't even, and I know you probably have a bazillion people that are bringing you up and great close friends. But brother, I'm telling you, you have left a searing imprint of Jesus on lives that you don't even know and I am so thankful just to have met you initially and then that we could just become friends and even having all the towel whips from you my friend when you gave me them little whips when we're playing around in the house well let just, me honestly, so Thank thankful bro um you're very welcome and I'm honored and and humble but uh I got to tell everybody watching, you would never say this, so I will. Uh, you were Jesus with skin on to me in a very, very dark part of my life. And nobody else would know that, and you would never say it. But uh, I can promise you, there was a part in my life when I was, it was almost like Joseph in prison, <laughs> you know. And then uh, he's like, I need somebody, I need a butler or a, or a baker, somebody to talk to the king and get me out of here. And, you know, even when Joseph was in a dark moment in jail, God used a connection uh, to get him out of that dark place and in and, and a very uh, difficult part of my life. Uh, you gave me uh, a, literally uh, a place to stay and food to eat. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, when I look back, uh, you know, people ask me all the time, have you ever been, you know, you travel all over the world, you've been on television and magazines and on YouTube and got zillions of followers and, you know, fly all over the place. I mean, you've, you've always had it good. I'm like, no, 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 no. You understand. There was a moment in my life where literally I was thrown into a pit by my own decisions and really went through a time where some of the dearest friends and people that I thought loved me were all gone. And uh, you took me in. I mean, literally, I felt like, you know, it'd be like if you walked outside and it was just raining and thundering and lightning and you saw a little bird on the side of the road with like a broken wing. And, <laughs> you know, you scoop it up, take it home, put a little tape on its wing and feed it little worms and things like that until it's healthy. And then you take that tape off. And one day on a beautiful day, you threw it out in the air and it flew away. And uh, that's literally what you were for me. In a dark, dark time of my life, you you uh, gave me love and compassion and grace and mercy and most of all, no judgment and condemnation. And I'll always, always be thankful and remember that. So I love you. Uh, I love you, brother. Man, absolutely. I mean, it's that's really just kingdom, you know? That's what he wants out of all of us, just to be kingdom. I would like you, if you would... <laughs> And I know we got we got it. You got to go, and we'll close here in a few. I want if you can just pray that that same desire just rise up in the body. Yeah. You know we need as men and women in the body of Christ. We need the church to rise up, and we've got to be we've got to be that to our culture that they would not see us and see him. Yeah. Do you need a prayer? lead that father god uh, what i pray right now uh, is just for us to be uh, the samaritan the good samaritan as brother brian was to me father can we understand that we've got to have believers that will cross the road whenever when everyone else walks by there'll be those that stop and and cross the road and come over and find the person that is down and out and lost and hurting and wounded and fragile. Lord, that there'll be people that will pick them up and realize that our faith 
and our Christianity and our relationship with you has got to mean so much more than words. Many times we have to put our faith in action. And so, Father, I pray for all those watching and we'll rewatch this, Lord, that we will truly not only just pick up our cross, but that we will uh, not just go to church and not just read our Bible and not just pray and not just give. But, Father, will you allow us as the body of Christ to look for opportunities to literally be your hands extended? Father, to look for the single mom or the person that's homeless or the person unemployed or maybe even those that are uh, friends, co-workers, a neighbor next door. Father, that we can look for opportunities to uh, not only be Christians, to, but to allow our Christianity to be put in action, to bear another's load, the Father, to carry uh, what they hold, Father, uh, to uh, take on uh, compassion, grace, mercy, and love, Lord, to know that someone's life was better because they crossed paths with us. Father, this is my prayer. We've got to always open up our spiritual eyes to look for those God moments that we can be your son with skin on. In Jesus' name, I pray it. Amen. 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 We've got to, we've got to uh, in these last days, may we please just abolish the delusion that the lost and dying are just going to come stumbling into our churches on Sunday with an overwhelming need for a savior. It's not going to happen. Come on. Uh, we got to realize that God may just very much do more in the corporate world and in the business world. Uh, I think Sunday should be a celebration of everything that happened on Monday through Saturday. Come on. You know, yes. uh, we can be, we can have church in the grocery store or at a red light or at a restaurant. I mean, we, there's so many ways that we can be Jesus and we can't wait for them to come to us. We got to take it to them. And so that's my prayer that people will look for those opportunities in our culture today. Amen. Amen. That's so it. That is so it. We just yeah. need to be so lit with fire that we just don't care. That don't we, care. That we get up and we put on our shirt. That's right. I said it. <laughs> we just give it to them. Gospel right in the face. That's it. <laughs> no, That's for, it. I'm not being even funny at all, bro. I am like so thankful for you, honestly. Well, thank you. Uh, I do want to put up a note. Bro, I've had, I've had more opportunities to share with Christ with someone sitting on an airplane, standing in line at a grocery store, at a sporting event, walking down the road, walking my dog. I, just so many people, you know, that whether it be rolling down my window and giving a word to somebody, I, I, there's so many. If we will just slow down and open up our spiritual ears and allow ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit and listen to him, you know, and do what he says to do. I don't Amen. care the person's groceries that are standing behind you at the Kroger or paying for someone's food behind you in the fast food line. Come on. And just say, tell them I took care of that and that Jesus loves them. You just don't ever know what God will do and how he will use you, you know? Absolutely. Amen. That's it. I mean, that's just that people would look at us and only see him, you know, that's, that's my heartbeat. So, um, I know that's your heartbeat. I do yeah. want to put a note on that. I'm going to put it in the chat also or on online in the Facebook post. What are some ways if people feel compelled and they want to give to sow into you and your ministry, what is the easiest way for somebody to do that? Uh, the easiest way to do that probably would be the michaelrowanministries.com. Uh, MichaelRowanMinistries.com. Uh, they can find me on Facebook, uh, Michael Rowan. Uh, just came and you know, there's a Facebook Messenger. You can do that. Uh, we have a um, we have a Venmo that is MRM. So it's MRM capital, and then lowercase I N S T R I E S. So it looks like MR Ministries, but the MR M is capital and the rest are lowercase. Uh, they can find me on Instagram at Rev Michael Rowan. Uh, that's where they'll get the uh, daily dose of motivation, 
collaborate. So yeah, Rev Michael Rowan on Instagram, Michael Rowan or Michael Rowan Ministries on Facebook, and MichaelRowanMinistries.com. And there's a giving tab right there. Awesome. I will pop that all in there. We'll make sure. Even with my spelling of Facebook. If they're making a check, million is spelled with two L's. (laughs) You know, sometimes people take and they put one, but it's actually two. (laughs) Come on. And it's how many zeros? Because we want to make sure they get them all on there. That's right. No, but honestly, we are we're very thankful for the people that support us. And then we also have a partner ministry called the 50 Club. And those are people that are constantly uh, they support us for fifty dollars a month. We've got them sprinkled out all over the United States of America. And that just helps us do what we do because we're a faith based ministry. And that's really just a fancy way to say I don't know what I make. <laughs> it sounds so spiritual to go. I'm faith based. But it really just means don't have a clue. Uh, we don't. <laughs> But we go to big churches, medium-sized churches, little churches, and people say, what do you make every week? And I say, I don't know. They're like, I know, but what's your salary? I'm like, I don't have one. They're like, but I know, but like, what do you, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to make next week. I don't know what I'm going to make the week before, the week after. It's a faith walk. But the fifth club is the one thing that we can count on. We know it's going to be there every month. And they're just our partners that say, hey, I'm going to sew into Michael. Rowan Ministries for $50 a month. And we love them. Uh, they're our family of supporters. Uh, and, uh, you know, $50, come on, man. That ain't a cell phone bill. Uh, that's right. not come on. That's not going to eat at a nice restaurant for crying out loud. If you got a family of five, you can't go to Chick-fil-A for 50 bucks. <laughs> that is the so, truth. Um, and so there's people that just say, I've had people come to me and say, hey, I'm going to sew one less going out you know, like I've had some people tell me I love to go to the movies or I like to go out to eat a lot. I've had people come to me and go, I'm going to go out one time less a month and I'm going to use that money to sow into your ministry to support you every month. And we're very thankful for folks like that because we need them. There's people that are called to go. I'm called to go. Uh, you know, people say, what is it like, man? Week after week, you're sleeping in a hotel room. You're never in your own bed. You're always in an airport or in a rental car or an Uber. And you're living out of a suitcase. How do you do that? Because God has called me to do it. And there are some people that are not called to do that. They're not called to go all over the United States. They're not called to go overseas. Maybe they don't even want to. But there have got to be people that say, I'm not called to do that. But I will sow into ministries and support those that are called to do that. So we're grateful for those that do that. Absolutely. Well, we're definitely going to post that on this live feed so we can get everybody to um, understand how they can be a part partner or can give a one-time offering, whatever they need. Definitely appreciate what you do, and I will stand by my phrase, and that is, in my opinion, personally, I think you're one of the best communicators in the world, bar none. I'm just, bro, I'm just telling you, you got it. And what people haven't even seen on this Facebook Live is there's a whole comedy side that I know the Lord moves with power because we snuck into one that you did at one of my pastor friends church in Winchester, Indiana, and just fire, fire, fire with a laugh, and laughter is healing. Yeah, it was Pastor Jeff Bullard, I believe, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, he's a great friend, and uh, yeah, we, uh, we do those comedy night outreaches all over the country. They're actually our largest altar calls. It's been amazing to see how... God has used those. You know, we serve a creative God and he uses so many different vehicles to minister. And to me, humor is a powerful tool because it oh, breaks. Yeah. And so I, I think you can laugh and learn at the same time. And I've had people come to me and say, I laughed all night long. And before I knew it, I was bawling my eyes out and I gave my heart to Jesus. So, <laughs> so uh, thank you, man, for allowing me to be part of this. And for all of you watching, thank you for tuning in. And just, we really, really, more than anything, covet your prayers. Uh, anybody's listening in their quiet time and their diverse devotions, Lord, you know, wherever Michael Rowan Ministries is this week, you know, just use him mightily and keep him strong and uh, keep the doors opening up so we can continue to do what God has called us to do. We really, really appreciate all the prayers and support. Absolutely. And I just, I bless you for coming on, my friend. And Lord, we just bless Michael Rowan Ministries, him and his wife. Lord, everything that they do, I thank you for the inroads and the outroads, Lord, all the confirmed meetings. 
Lord, where there's a gap, you fill the gap. And where there's loss, Lord, you bring abundance. And so we just pray abundance and breakthrough. I just hear breakthrough over you. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough in Jesus' name. I don't know what that means, but I, be, I believe the Lord is saying there's coming a radical breakthrough in the very near future for your ministry. So, Father, let that be so. We thank you, Lord. We bless him and his wife in this ministry. We ask you to change multitudes in the kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Love you, my friend. Such a pleasure. You have a great evening, brother. You too, man. Thank you, everyone. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye.